Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. Schmelk, Fiegels, and you at 201-939-4513. Giants getting ready to take on the Dallas Cowboys. We'll preview the game a little bit, folks, but I know obviously this game doesn't really have a lot of meaning for either team in terms of the standings. The Cowboys are locked into the fourth spot in the playoffs. The Giants obviously have been eliminated from playoff contention, trying to finish the season on a high note. We will, we will break down the matchups, though, but anything big-picture giant stuff, even looking ahead to the draft for agency, whatever you want to talk about, it's fair game today at 201-939-4513 on Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout the sure. season. So, Mr. Fiegels. Yes. Yes. Giants. Hi, Mr. Schmelk. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How was your holiday? Good. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, uh, boys were home from college. It was good. It was a good day. You know, um, yeah, I mean, this time of the year, things get a little bit hectic for everybody, but you get through it. I was more tired after Christmas and Christmas Eve than I was after like two days of work. Well, you have you have a young and that keeps you that way. That two hour nap from noon to two on Christmas Day. Oh, went by pretty quick, didn't it? It was the best. <laughs> My wife and I just both laid on the couch and didn't even say a word to each other. for two. That's <laughs> OK. Just laid there. You, you respect each other's quiet time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. All right, uh, Giants and Cowboys. Um, well, good, good rivalry. So, <laughs> thanks, Jeff. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, Jason Garrett has said the guys that are healthy for the Cowboys will play in this game. He didn't say how long. Uh, he didn't say what constituted healthy. Yeah, so, right. I imagine he'll rest a lot of the guys that have been banged up. Like, if you saw, this is how I look at it. Zach Morton's been out. So, yeah. I imagine they're probably not going to force him back in this game. No, Battle at MCL. Tyron Smith's been in and out this year with a back and the neck. Why would you play him in this game? So if you're going to rest both those guys, how are you going to play Dak Prescott a lot and risk your quarterback behind mm -hmm. an offensive line that's already given up 52 sacks this year? So I would imagine we'll see limited Dak Prescott, limited Ezekiel Elliott. Then we'll see a lot of the backups come into the game. So I hope you guys are going to enjoy Cooper Rush and Rod Smith because I think you get a lot of both those guys and Darius Jackson. Never heard him. He's a Cowboys third string running back uh, over the course of this game. Uh, Cowboys offense has been eh this year, yeah. Jeff. Yeah, Zeke I mean, Elliott leads the league in everything, scrimmage yards, rushing yards, you name it, carries, touches, whatever. He's been great. The offensive line has been banged up, like I mentioned, and Dak Prescott's been okay but inconsistent. And, you know, they're okay in offense, but they're nothing special. Well, ever since they got Amari Cooper, that's when the whole thing has turned They've around. They've gotten better, for sure. Yeah, I mean, throwing the football. But if you have a running game, um, you know, some people ask, well, how far can the Cowboys go in the playoffs? If you have a good defense, which they do, and a good running game, and a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes, you got a chance. Well, he has made some mistakes this year, and that's the difference. Well, I'm saying if you get yeah. in the playoffs and don't make it, and Correct. you had those cut those two other uh, uh, running running game on your defense, yeah, you can go. I think he has 20 combined fumbles and interceptions, wow. which is which is a problem. Again, he's been sacked 52 times. You're gonna have you know so. more fumbles when you get sacked that much. But you're right, that's their formula. They want to play, frankly, the way the Giants want to play. They want to run the football, pass off a of play action, not get behind, play with the lead and not put Prescott in a situation where he's got to drop back 40 times and, and try to make a bunch of plays with his arm. And it's funny watching him, Jeff. He'll make some throws where you're like, wow, that is an unbelievably accurate pinpoint NFL throw. And then other times it's like, where, did that where the hell was he yeah. throwing that thing? And I think his mechanics can get very wonky, especially with his feet. I also think some of his vision sometimes gets a little bit, you know, you don't see some. He's still a fairly young quarterback, if you will. Yeah, he's in his third year. But so I think that sometimes you don't have that anticipation and whatever it is and any type of defense that they're in. So those were the turnovers coming. But, and he runs a lot. So that's where you're going to get some of the fumbles. So, you know, things like that. But their defense has, all year has played well. Yeah, and I, and I think the one thing you hit with Prescott there was really good, and that's anticipation. I think he's late on throws sometimes because he doesn't anticipate guys getting open. He has to see them be open. And then when he yeah. does try to anticipate, right, right. he doesn't see things, and then you get interceptions. Yeah, and that's just from experience. He'll get that down eventually. Eventually, but I tell you, if you got Ezekiel Elliott on your team, you got yeah. a chance. You and, really do. And Amari Cooper's been wonderful. Uh, you wonder what the heck was going on in Oakland where they couldn't figure out a way to use that guy because he's a great route runner. He makes big plays. He makes possession plays, and he's their number one weapon. And, and he's really turned around. I think Prescott's completing like seventy-two percent of his passes since Cooper's joined the team, or something like that. You almost kind of wonder, like, okay, was was the part of the plan with Amari Cooper not to get him to ball? So that he looks like, and then they can get a number one draft pick. They did. Well, I mean, you either get him the balls, or you get more than number one draft pick. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like it's like okay, you know, we, we knew that somebody odd. would. It's very odd, right? I mean, he's still the same player, but a lot of times 
when we say that the green the grass is not always greener on the other side sometimes it is in this case it is yeah no question about it now you brought the defense a couple times up let's go to there uh, and that and that's the Cowboys' strength, uh, and it's front, yeah, and it's a young defense too, Jeff. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have a guy on this defense that I think is over twenty six years old right now that's that that's playing well. I mean, you got two young linebackers in Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch who are going to be a thorn in Giant fans' sides mm, forever for a decade. <laughs> you got Demarcus Lawrence, who's a legitimate top tier pass rusher. Uh, they got Randy Gregory, who's come on. He's talented, but he's very enigmatic, and he gets mm-hmm. a lot of penalties. Uh, their two defensive tackles are probably not going to play in this game, Tyron Crawford and and, uh, and Irving. So that's going to be a loss for them. And then the secondary, they got a second-year corner in Chidobi Awuzie. Nice. Do you want to give that uh, one a sh- Exactly. <laughs> Byron Jones, since he's moved from safety to the corner, is playing like a pro bowler. And then they have uh, Xavier Woods. Uh, Anthony Brown is their slot corner. Jordan Lewis comes off the bench. They have a good, young defense. And Rod Malinelli has passed on some of that play calling to Chris Richard, and he's taken on some of that, especially on third down with a lot of the blitz packages. Yeah, I'd like to get after the quarterback. Um, but with Crawford out of the lineup, and, you know, I think that this game, if you're the Cowboys, I still think you have to be able to play your players and get some momentum going into the playoffs, right? I mean, they're the fourth seed. How much, though? Well, I, not – I mean, the starters, okay, maybe a half. See, I, see, here's the thing. If they had a bye next week, I would be in favor – if I was – you know, on the Cowboy coaching staff, I would think about playing the guys more because I think giving two straight weeks off can sometimes put guys into a funk and then yeah. mess you up. But they are playing next week. So, I, oh. I, 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 look, if, if you're not putting your offensive line out there, Jeff, how can you put your quarterback out there? Remember years ago when the Cowboys had two straight weeks off, what happened? Uh, they they <laughs> took – and it's funny, in that game too, if I remember right, against Green Bay, they did nothing in the first half. Got outscored by a couple touchdowns. They came all the way back when everything started to click in half number two, but they came up short. And I, that's why I think they might play some guys. I just don't know how many. Yeah, I, I just, you know. It'll be t- very tough doing those factor fiction over-under questions for the pregame show, let me tell you. Yeah, you got to leave a lot of the starters out of the equations. I'll have to say, Cowboys quarterbacks will throw for more than two. <laughs> there you go. Yards. Very generic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or will they go for it on how many, you know, whatever. But yeah. I think that, it, you know, for the Giants, however, you got a lot to play for. You really do. Now tell me as a player, and you're heading into I, a game yep, like this. I anticipated what, what this question. Uh, there's two th- schools of thought in my mind here, okay? If you're one of the guys on the team – that knows you're going to be back next year, then your whole focus for this game is to go out and play, but not to get hurt. And that's kind of hard to do sometimes, but it's a reality. It is hard to do. The second thing is if you're a player that the organization is a little bit on the fence with you, this, you better be playing your butt off this weekend. And given how many of these guys were added mid season, that's got to be a lot of them, right? Tons of them. And I think that this is the last true test of some of these guys, that they're going to be able to go into the offseason, the coaching staff, and say, okay, look at the way this guy performed. Look at the way he did in this situation where there was nothing to play for. And they'll, they'll evaluate those guys. And I think that's why you'll get a good game out of the Giants. I really do. So, I mean, there, there's guys there's, – I, I feel like this, this roster has changed so much that they're now down to the point where they've got a good nucleus of players that want to be here. And I think they've made some transactions throughout the season, got rid of some players, brought some players in. And it's all part of the, of the end game here is to, to win football games and going forward. And, you know, a lot of people talk, John, I don't know if you're a big believer in this, but I am a little bit believer of this about momentum going into the next season. This is the next question I was going to ask, so go ahead. I, I think there is a little bit of momentum. And I think that when you were able to come back and talk, to, talk about your last season, you, do it very, you don't do it a lot, but you, you hit on certain points. Remember when we were one and seven and we came back and we, we went X and whatever in the second half. There's something you can you can kind of comment on how the team rebound and let's get this thing going forward in 2019. The last game of the season had nothing to play for. What is our goal here? Your goal is to beat the to get your second win in the division. Okay, that would be nice. And two, beat the Cowboys as they go into with the loss going into the playoffs. So these are some things that you do. So that's kind of the mindset there. And there is a little bit of momentum that you can build off of some statistics. You can build off of some plays that you, you brought up and things like that. But, but it's then a totally I think, different game. It's a totally different team. And that's the thing. I think back to 2017 and I'm like, boy, that 2016 didn't carry over at all. And it looked like 11 a completely, and five, completely yeah. different, different yeah. group. So, yeah. and you yeah. know, Ben McAdoo always said that every year is, is a new group. And, 
You know, I used to think you could have some carryover, and Coach Shermer has been adamant that he thinks there's carryover. And I think there are in some respects. Yeah. But I, but yeah. I think others, there's not. Um, it can never hurt to win games, though, except for the draft position, which I know will drive some Giant fans batty. Um, and, and I get that, by the way. As a fan, I would think the same way you do, but obviously coaches and players no, have to go out there and try to win the game. They have no sure. choice. Um, the Giants can pick as high as the top five, or they could drop out of the top ten, depending on how things go. There are a lot of teams with between four and six wins. The Giants have five, mm-hmm. and things can, can change a lot with that sort of thing. So, you know, I, I'm just not sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. No, there's not. It's <laughs> tough. It's completely different. It's a different season. Yeah. It's different players. It's different yeah, everything. Different but I think that the fact is, is that if you – can pick certain things out of the season before and kind of just go back and make points, coaching points, that's where you get the momentum and the carryover from the year before. That's it. Not much more. I mean, you can have new players. Is there such thing as learning how to win? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Do you, do you think that carries over? That does. And okay. that's what I meant really when I said the one and seven and then the, in the second half of the season, we this team learned how to win. They won their first game in overtime. They won a game in overtime against the Bears. That's, that was learning how to win. Um, and they're also, let me tell you something, the game last week, you can learn a lot from. Yeah. I mean, really. And they won, by the way, without running the ball, which to me, and I haven't had a chance to talk about the game yet because we were off on Monday and Tuesday <laughs> and I've been on, but you know, the fact that they were able to pass the ball the way they did against a, a pretty decent defense without running the football, I thought was pretty impressive. I thought Eli was, was pinpoint. I thought he had a very good game. Um, it, it shows that he still has got something left and we're not going to turn this into an Eli show. Sure. But you know, I just thought it was a it was a good sign for the offense going forward that they could win, score twenty seven with Saquon Barkley being more or less shut down. Yeah, and I think that this offense you, it goes to show you, um, and we talked about it on the post game is that if you are going to take away your one of your weapons and you show the ability to be able to put up twenty seven points without them, that could be a little bit of concern for the other teams you're going to play next year because now you know yeah. that you. And by the way, you didn't have thirteen in the game either. Um, so that, that to me makes a big point. I think that if you can do that without having 13 in the game, you're pretty good. I'll tell you what happens. If you get Evan Ingram in the game, he can make some things happen. And he has been. He had another great game, and he'll have another chance this week, Jeff, with the injury report. You mentioned Beckham. He's not going to play. Mm-hmm. Red Ellison is not going to play with the concussion. Beckham still is the quad, which means it'll be Simonson and Ingram again being the two primary tight ends. Uh, also on offense, Russell Shepard will miss the game with his ankle injury. And on defense, no Mario Edwards with the calf and no Alec Ogletree again with a concussion. So that's what the Giants injury report will look at. So you get some more young players in there. Simonson will get a lot of snaps. Tay Davis will get some more snaps. And it'll give these coaching staff another look at these guys yeah. to kind of. And you can evaluate the young wide receivers too. Joel Davis, maybe get him some snaps. Ooh, See he how much more. To death on those punt returns. I'll get to that week. in a second. <laughs> Uh, Corey Coleman, another guy you can get a look at. Benny Fowler. So that'll be good with Beckham and Shepard being out at wide receiver. All right, you brought it up, so let's talk about it. He doesn't seem to know, Jeff, when he's supposed to catch the football. (laughs) I know that seems like a pretty basic thing, but he doesn't seem to understand when I need to run up and catch this and when I should let it go. You're talking about Ingram? No, I'm talking about Joel Davis. I was like, wait a second, where are we going? Oh, oh my God. Well, I think that, yeah, and I think that comes from experience. I mean, uh, you know, the NFL... Evan, by the way, Evan Ingram should always catch the ball, no. just, just, just for the record. Yeah, so he was... <laughs> but you're right. It, it's not easy, I can tell you that. I know it's not easy catching punts, period. And then on a game and having guys come, come at you is even another element. But um, I just feel like there are certain guys that have knacks of doing it. There's some... You know, um, the good ones... It just comes very natural Domedy for them. Dominic kicks in, for yeah, example. Yeah, to catch a ball. Do you ever mm-hmm. see him? It's so natural. Got, some guys look like it's putting a rock in a heart. I mean, a, like a, a round peg, a square peg in a round hole. It's like it just doesn't look like it can, they can do it. And they shouldn't be doing it. But they don't have anybody else. Yeah, and it'll be the chance to get another look at a young guy. You ready to take some calls? Yeah, let's go. 201-939-4513. We're going to take plenty of calls the rest of the way. we got we a lot rem- to talk about. We want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. Let's lead us off today, as I bring up my sheet here, Nick in Bridgewater. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well, Nick. What's up? Happy New Year's. Hey, you too, buddy. So two, so two quick points and one question. Sure. My first point, John, is, is an Eli point, but I don't want to make it an Eli show. I've been hearing it all week on Twitter, all week on the fan. Everybody's saying that we need a new quarterback, that John haven't made it to the playoffs. 
in so many years. Do people not realize it's not all about Eli and the other no. players on this team? <laughs> they we don't. Do. They, they don't, Nick, and, and that's the problem. Uh, you see Eli play better or worse based on the conditions around him. And, you know, this is why it's so stupid, Nick, and why Twitter is just a, a microcosm of, of talk radio. And no one sees any nuance in situations anymore. So I'm going to say a couple things that are obvious, but both sides don't seem to be able to recognize this sometimes. And some Eli people might not like to hear this either. The Giants do need to find a new quarterback. Soon. Eli's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. He's got one year left on his contract. They have to figure out who mm-hmm. the next guy is. That's very. That's going to be the most important thing this franchise does over the next two years. So that's number one. They do. Number two, this season was not all Eli Manning's fault. Both those things can be true at the same time. I know it's. you might not think it, but it is. And, and I don't understand why people can't see the nuance. Is Eli a top five quarterback anymore? Is he the guy he was in 2011? No. If you run the ball and protect him, can he still win you football games? Yes. And you don't throw him away and absorb dead money on the cap unless you know who your replacement is and he's either an upgrade or a potential pass path to a future franchise quarterback. And if the guy you can bring in doesn't meet one of those two criteria, what's the point of making a change? That's the way I look at it. And you lost one of them this week who declared he's not coming out. That's yep. Herbert. Justin Herbert, great points. So now only Haskins is going to be what, a top 10, top 15 quarterback. If no, he comes I, out. I totally agree. I don't one think this season's on, Eli, on, on Eli's fault. Because to my other point, I look at this defense, and I for a lot of these games where they had a chance to shut the game for the Giants and make things a little easier on the offense. Correct. And they couldn't do it. Nope. Nope. Number one, scoring, giving up the most points in the fourth quarter in National Football League, the Giants did this year. And by the way, I'm going to say this too, Nick, and I don't mean to be a little harsh here during the holiday season, but for all those dopes out there, that said Eli doesn't have an arm anymore, go take a look at his pass to Sterling Shepard mm-hmm. where he's on the opposite hash, throwing off his back foot, not able to yards. step into the throw. The ball goes 50 yards in the air to the numbers on the opposite side of the field, and he hits Sterling Shepard in stride. Tell me how the guy doesn't have an arm, okay? No, I totally agree. And my question for you guys, Evan Ingram, I think he's got to be converted to a wide receiver. I just don't see him as a tight end that I want helping his team in that position. I think he's better playing as a wide receiver role. Yeah, but Nick, here's the problem. And uh, Jeff yeah. and I have talked about this before. And I'll be quick, and, and then I'll let Jeff expand okay. on it. Yeah. Um, if you put him a wide receiver, you lose his advantage. The minute you put a cornerback on Evan Ingram, what's the point? The whole point of Evan Ingram is that you can get on safeties and linebackers, and that's a mismatch. That's correct. You put him on a corner, it, he can't get open because he's not fast enough. Yeah, and when he, and when he lines up at the tight end position... That's where, like John had just mentioned, that's where you're going to get the matchup. As soon as you put him outside, then they're just they can double him, they can do whatever. But from and then also he's a big guy too. I mean he's a little bigger. You know, there's not many wide receivers, and maybe Mike Evans, a might six be. four, two forty. Yeah, he's basically Mike Evans size. Yeah. So there's and how many Mike Evans are in the league? No, not, not many. many no. So I think that that's where you and, and it's probably more of a matchup and kind of a personnel move than anything that why you would keep him there. But man, he can play oh, when I, he gets what. Listen, when he gets in space. And he catches the ball in that speed. I think that Pat Shermer has gotten to know him a little bit better now that he's been able to play the way he has because of Odell's been out of the lineup. It'll it'll help them next season knowing this. And that's the blessing in disguise, Nick. And then we'll let you sure. make your uh, make your last point with Odell being out, which obviously you don't want. He helps you win games. He's an explosive player. Evan Ingram's gotten more involved. And I'm not sure we would have seen this Evan Ingram show up the last three or four weeks if Beckham was on the field. And I know for a fact, because Pat Shermer has told this to me on the air and off the air, he thinks this offense is at its best when a lot of guys are involved. So the trick now next year is when Beckham gets back and he's healthy, and you still have Shepard and you still have Barkley, you got to make sure that ball gets spread around. And I know fans are going to lose their minds. If that means Odell has a few less targets and catches, so be it. The offense runs better yes. when you get all these skill position guys involved. And real, real quick, Nick, and we'll let you get to what you had to say. Um, when you look coming into this season, this was what everybody was excited about. Yeah. This was when when the when the roster was healthy and Ingram was there and Shepard and Odell, and we talked about Saquon. These were all the all the guys. This is what this offense was touted to be. And you can't be uh, you can't cover them all. And you can't spread it around when Barkley's going to catch a hundred balls. That's right. And Beckham, if he, he was on pace to have 160 targets this year. 
There just aren't enough passes thrown in the game to get That's everybody right. involved in that situation. And Go ahead, Nick. Finish real up. Quick, the yeah. only way that this will work with all of those guys healthy and all of them on the offense and getting there is to be not to be selfish and say, okay, you know what? This We're going to win. Let's not just creep up and oh, I didn't get the ball this week. I only got 12 targets. I should have got 16. Come on. Be, it's okay. It's okay. I totally, I totally understand your point there. I guess my concern is, or my feeling was it this way, is that when Beckham goes down, Shepard's our only other true wide receiver. And although I love Shepard, on any other team, he'd be a number three and not a number two. Like, I look at, like, the Falcons, who have Sanu. And Ridley and Joe. Well, Nick, well, in, in, Nick, in fairness, the Falcons have the guy. best. The Falcons have the best wide receiver core yeah, in the NFL. Right. I don't think that's fair. I mean, we think he'd be a number three on the Jets. No, I think he'd be more of a number three on, let's say, the Chargers. Cowboys. Maybe then he'd be, he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd be number two on Dallas. Right. Definitely. Maybe he, yeah. he'd be number one in Washington. <laughs> yeah. He'd be I mean, number three on the Steelers. I mean, we, I mean, we can well, focus down, Antonio, but when um, Schuster goes down and we just have Shepard, who's our other guy that we can throw the ball to? Well, we're trying to find him. Well, Evan Ingram's in the game, Nick. It's not like Evan Ingram's not playing. If he goes out for a pass, it doesn't really matter if it's going out from the X, the Y, or the Z position, as long as he's out in, in, in a pass route. And, Nick, if you want to add a receiver in the offseason to, to be a more reliable third guy, if you don't have faith in Cody Latimer, I'm fine with that. But and, 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 Nick, thanks for the call. I don't think you need to move Ingram to wide receiver. I wouldn't do that. No, they, they won't do it. No, and they won't. And, they, the and no. they're always trying to upgrade every position. And don't be surprised that you know that they find another receiver somewhere. Who knows? It, I mean, you they, put you put Ingram out wide. He's just a big slow guy. Yeah. And Evan Ingram's not a big slow guy, but compared to you know Odell Beckham Jr. and you know guys that run four threes, he's a big slow guy. Yeah. Well, I think too that you know the guys that have been behind Shepard, uh, um, Sterling Shepard, and Beckham, Fowler, Coleman, Latimer. These guys have all, I think, have, have earned their way back onto the team next year because of the way they have played this season because of special teams. And I know it doesn't really mean much to you guys, but it means a heck of a lot when you got your fourth, your th- maybe your third, fourth, and fifth receivers are good special teams players. That has to happen. I, and again, Ingram at tight end, going 12 personnel. You sell run game with two tight ends on the field. Then you use him in the pass. He fakes blocking and play action. Exactly. You get him out in routes. I mean, these are things that as a tight end, and that's why the tight end is such a valuable weapon, and that's why it's such a valuable commodity because he presents those type of mismatches. You just put him out there as a wide receiver, all that goes away. It's gone. And you like to have that hybrid, right? you know. That's what those these tight ends are at. They, they can play. They can play with their hand in the dirt, and they can play in space and get out there and catch and make plays. Yeah, and look, he has to block better. No one's going to argue that, but you know he I'm, always has to block back. And he's yeah. and he's never going to be Red Ellison. He's never going to be Mark Bavaro. Yeah. He's never going to be Howard Cross. But you don't need him to be. You just need him to be able to hold his ground and get in the way, and stop guys from penetrating. You don't need him to like push guys off the line of scrimmage. You just need him to to you know. Get in the way and not let guys beat him. Hold his own. That's all you need from him. And we've seen him do that at times this year. Other times he's been inconsistent. He hasn't gotten the job done. He said that to me in the interview I did with him last week. That was on FAN. And he said, look, guys, I got to get better. But I think I've improved. And I think that's he's a lot better now than he was in college. Let me put it that way. I think he got a lot better the second half of the season. He hasn't, he hasn't had the dropsies. I mean, he was that catching has, some. <laughs> yep. That has improved, whether he's catching balls after practice or this and that. And speaking of the tight end position, Garrett Dickerson is going to probably – be active this week because of this right here. Right? Yeah, because Ellison with the concussion, so yeah. I imagine Dickerson, who's really kind of more of an H-back mm-hmm. guy. Um, he's not the biggest dude in the world. Um, he's somebody that, you know, was here during the summer and the spring, was kind of on and off the roster a little bit. He's out of Northwestern. He's 6'2", 244. He's a good pass catcher. He's not a blocker really either, so it'll be interesting to see if they try to use him in the pass game a little bit. It would be interesting because that, you know, all of a sudden you get Red Ellison that goes out of the lineup yeah. and you're like, whoa, we really need Red Ellison. Oh, let, let's stay on the same topic and go to Chris and Paramus. He wants to talk about Evan Ingram and the wide receivers. All right, What's up, Chris? Chris? Hey, John, Jeff, happy holidays. You too. Buddy. Good. Thanks for calling. Yeah, no, um, so, I mean, I have a couple of points I'd like to make. I'm going to make it quick, but um, the first is actually Evan Ingram. I feel like he's more of a tweener. Um, because he's not quite a tight end and not quite a receiver, yeah. I don't really see the long-term commitment to uh, that type of receiver 
slash tight end. Why is that? Um, that is pretty much what, I mean, uh, did you like Tony Gonzalez? Did you like Jimmy Graham? Yeah, I, I mean, I he, Travis, Travis Kelsey, too. But yeah, I mean, that's what he is. Better blockers than, than Evan is. Travis Kelsey's a blocker? I, I I consider him just the, his build. I, <laughs> no. I feel like he's more his of a, build, maybe, yeah. He's a better blocker than Evan is. Yeah. Look, he he wants he wants Travis Kelsey wants no part of blocking. Chris. None of those none of those hybrid tweeners and, do. <laughs> and 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 Jimmy Graham hasn't blocked a guy in his life. And Tony Gonzalez and him, Tony Gonzalez jokes on the CBS pregame show that he didn't want to block anybody. <laughs> I mean, those are the tight ends that want to be receivers, but they're just big. They're big guys, and they're not big enough to block, so they want to be receivers. That's what they are. And there are ways to use those guys. That it, that's not like a traditional tight end. That's what the position is becoming now. And I mean, talking about a first round draft pick that runs a sub four five forty, and it's a tight end position. That's you want to keep him around. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You know, Chris. I mean, just, just based <laughs> off those two examples, Gonzalez sure. and, uh, and 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 uh, Kelsey. I, in my opinion, I feel they're I feel they're better blockers than Evan. But um, okay. my second point are, is, uh, I know an Eli show, but uh, uh, you guys didn't want to, you know, get into the Eli. No, stuff. no go ahead. It's fine. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's we fine. I mean, what, what's the possibility that because uh, everybody on social media is always complaining about the twenty-three million dollar cap hit that Eli's contract has for nineteen? Is there any possibility they give him a one-year extension for twenty twenty? Kind of be that veteran that Kurt Warner was back in '03 that can kind of pass the torch in 2020 to a guy if they were to draft in 2020 that that seems the way that it's playing out to be that you know maybe they don't draft a quarterback this year they draft the next year bigger quarterback pool Mm -hmm. um and then my last point is um season ticket holder been a giant fan for for all my life odell he's more randy moss than jerry rice to me and if you kind of get that example um I, i don't see him as a leader uh case in point being Taking a full month off for a quad injury. He, well, he and, first of all, Chris, Chris. Okay, I appreciate I appreciate the call, Chris. He and this has been out there too on social media. Odell Beckham Jr. is hurt. This idea that he's just shut it down and, and isn't playing because the team's out of it, or is, the team has shut him down. It's nonsense and hogwash. <laughs> yeah, to quote Dave Gettleman, it's crap. I mean, he's hurt. He got kicked in the quad. He had a thigh bruise. He re and what people keep forgetting is that he re-injured it in practice the following week. A quad pull or a quad injury is no different than a hamstring injury. It takes a time. It takes a month. That's the way it goes. I know people are like, oh, it's just a bruise. It's not as simple as a black and blue, folks. Yeah. That's not what this is. There's I mean, if, you've, if you've ever had a deep thigh bruise before, or, it takes weeks to get back from that. I mean, there and, and I don't know. what I mean, it's the quad. but it, 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 Obviously, the, the severity of it is, 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 is there. I mean, you got you got people that pull their hamstrings and tear their hamstrings. You got people that pull their quads and tear their quads. You got people that there's different severities of injuries that some people recover quicker. But when you're a runner and you don't have a hamstring or a quad, that's hard. That's hard to play. And so I don't want a 95% Odell Beckham or 90%. He needs got to be 100% to play, and right now he doesn't. And remember, guys, there's nothing to play for. He played through the injury for a week. Well, yeah, one it, week. It, it, and it got worse. Yeah, I mean, listen, you could, there's there's so many ways that people could go here, but until you're in the building, and John and I are in the building, but we're not in the training room, we don't know what goes on in there. But I know that I know I've been around football all my life and been in training rooms that if if you're healthy, you'll play. Period. And he loves to play. <laughs> exactly. He wants. Look, that guy. Say what you want about Odell Beckham Jr. And he's not perfect. He loves to practice. The dude wants to play football. Yeah, he loves least. to play football. And now, if you want to make the point that. So though this concern that he's missed a significant number of games in three of his seasons with injuries, sure, fair game, but they're legit injuries. Yeah, yeah, they are, and I think that you know, you can say whatever you want to say about any of the players. Um, he's not one of them in my mind that's going to just take it off. He wants to play. He's already got. He's already got his money, you know. So I mean, he wants to go out there and earn it and play. I mean, that's right. just the way he is. And, and listen, John's around him a lot more than I am. But I, from just what I've seen and talked to people, the guy loves to practice. He loves to, and as far as being a leader and, and kind of, you know, back with, let's go back on the, the first question you had, Nick. One of them was about the salary cap and adding another year. If the Giants feel that they can get some relief by giving him another second year, they will. They'll do it. They'll, they'll tear it up and give him an extension and, you know, they, how they work the signing bonus. Yeah, thing. and that was a very astute point by Chris. Yeah. Because a lot of team, teams, fans rather, have just been like, oh, you, you need to get his cap number gone down. You have to renegotiate the contract. Guys, 
I'm going to be very clear about this. Listen. I'm sure I'm going to have to anything. say it a million times more. When you have one year left on your contract, there is no such thing as renegotiating your contract. If you're taking money away, it's a pay cut. You can't <laughs> renegotiate a one-year contract. It doesn't work that way. The money's either going to them or it's not. So the only way you can do it, and this is why Chris made such a good point, is if you give him an extension, and then you can spread the money out and lessen mm -hmm. a cap hit if you want. Could that possibly be on the table, depending on what they do at the quarterback position? Sure, maybe. I, I don't know what Dave Gettleman and Eli Manning are thinking in that regard, but I don't think it's impossible. But if you are going to try to reduce the cap hit, aside from just letting him go and, and eating the dead money and, and getting your cap savings— that's how you would have to do it is by giving him that that extension. You actually could you actually could give him a two year extension. People would be, go through the roof like, "How are you extending him two more years? I, oh I, my yeah. goodness!" Can you imagine what? the phone call? It doesn't matter as long as you could as long as the current year you're trying to improve in that area, it's okay. Especially if the last year is not guaranteed. Exactly. There you go. And and you know what? And then he probably would say, "Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. I'm probably not going to be here for three three more years anyway. Right. So don't guarantee my last year, and we'll just kind of spread." You're going to give me a bunch of money up front, which you're going to give me 23 next year anyways. But to help you, I'll do this. It happens all the time. Yeah, Tom Brady did it all the time for the I, I, I did it a couple times when I was playing. I, not that I'm making $23 million, dollars, but I mean, jeez. <laughs> totally. But I mean, it's like, okay, let's just do it. It's fine. And you see this happen all the time. I mean, it, these guys in the middle of the season get contract extensions. Well, that's because they're looking forward to next year and they want to start to work on the cap currently. All right, let's go to Joe in Pennsylvania. He wants to Joe stick on the Paul. quarterback position. Joe, what's up? Hey, uh, Happy New Year, guys. You, you too, buddy. Joe? Uh, yeah, first you were talking about Ingram, our, our tight end. I just say I'd like him, like uh, Jeff says, to, to, to be available in the big games when we need him. He seems he's not there. He's hurt, too. And when he's in there to make the the catches, that's that's mm -hmm. all, you know, with him. With Eli, but on on this game, I know what he's going to do, and he's going to be our starting quarterback unless they sign some veteran and bring him in uh, for next year. So I would, I think I'd only play him a quarter and bring in uh, our backup quarterback. What's his name? Give him a look. See, it's not going to happen. Well, I would. It, 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 to me, it's irrelevant. That's you know fine. I'm I mean? just telling you, it's not going to happen. Well. It's, to me, it's irrelevant. What, when are we going to get a chance to look at him, you know, in, in game action? You want to see Tanny or Loletta, Joe? Which one? Not Loletta. We've seen him. He's, you know, he, he, he needs time. All yet, right, so you you've know. given up on Loletta after one quarter. <laughs> no, I got you. I didn't give up on nobody. But <laughs> I'm he just did, kidding. You I'm know just what teasing. I mean? I, I'm just saying the other guy didn't even get a look-see yet. Uh, that's fair. Well, that's, the way he's now, that's the way he's played. That's his role the whole time. His whole career, and Joe. Depending what the score is, if yeah. it's a if it's a situation where the game's out of reach either way, yeah. I think you might yeah. see Alex Tanny for a few snaps. That's possible. But if it's close uh, and the team has a chance to win, well, they're going to try to win. Right. I just uh, I think he 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 should get a look see because if he, Eli does get hurt or something like that next year, and if we're in the same position, you know, at least he had a little time there or so, you know. So, but uh. And then as far as the draft goes, you know what I mean, this year it, it seems like uh, we can get some pass rushers and offensive linemen, and that's what we need. And I hope they sign Brown. They don't mess around with him and sign him, you mm -hmm. know. Um, Jermon Brown. Right. And uh, I guess Pulley has to be signed, too, if they want him or uh, – there, but I heard the other center they have more eyes on, you know, the one that got hurt. Jalapio. So, wow. I, uh, think, uh, I think it, both guys You know back. what I mean? I'd get a look-see on anybody. You know, I want to win the game, too. You, you play it hard, but, you know, Dallas is going to, but they ain't going to get no fist fight in the end, to the end with us. You know what I mean? They're, they're looking at the next game, which is they earn that right, and that's yep. right. So, uh, you know, anybody I want to get a look-see that I'd get them in there. So uh, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Always appreciate it. Good to hear from you. I mean, I, I look back at the Alex Tanny thing, and you're sitting here three months from now going, man, good thing that Alex Tanny got in for those two series. I'm really thinking about that. That's well, he wanted to play for three quarters. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that, even still. Wow, I'm glad he played for those three quarters. What would that get me? He's not even on the team anymore. Um, no, you're, Eli is going to play the whole game unless it's 40 nothing, like, you know, the one time that, 
that uh, or Laletta, God forbid somebody gets hurt or something, you know, but the fact is, I, I think this is an interesting game to me because I look at both these teams. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to the playoffs and, you know, but I just for some reason, the Cowboys are they're they're it's, it's a tough coaching decision in my mind. Like, what do you do? You know, what do you do? You look at the 07 season when we, we were in the playoffs, no matter what, kind of similar to these guys. And we went and played everybody against the uh, Patriots that year. Remember? Mm-hmm. Well, something happened there. I mean, not saying that we want the Cowboys to go win the Super Bowl, but if they did, it'd be probably pretty cool. There'd be two Super Bowl teams in the last two years out of the NFC East. All right, so we can put that on paper, Jeff rooting for Dallas to no, win the Super Bowl? No, I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> just teasing you. <laughs> um, no, I did not say that. Yeah, but no. you, know what? The, the, you know what? There is There is an argument to that. And and I see where you're coming from, but does Ezekiel Elliott need more touches? He already's got almost four. No, I agree. I agree. It's tough. <laughs> it's a lot right? of touches, man. You know, what, you know what would be funny is if you had a show on Friday. Let's call it Friday, and you had all 22 starters, and and they were they had to come on and they had to be truthful. Do you want to play this week? Oh, that'd be that would be fun. In week 17. You can, what you can almost no, do? Have, give him the truth serum. You have to tell me yeah. the truth. What do you think the percentage of the guys would say yes or no? Or you could do like an Unsolved Mysteries where they put like the guy behind the black screen and they affect the voice so you can't tell who's answering the question yeah. and do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or like you're in a confessional if you're Catholic you go and the priest is behind there. You know, you, know, you know he's there but you can't see him. 201-939-4513. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. Mike in Pennsylvania, he'll join us next. What's up, Mike? Hi, Mike. John, Jeff, happy Friday. You, you too, too buddy. Uh, so I want to highlight one player for you, John, and Jeff. I want to get your opinion on okay. another player real quick. Okay. Cool. Uh, now, let me preface the first part by saying I still believe in Eli, okay. and I hope that we can win with him for another two years. Okay. At least one, right? Uh, <laughs> but, John, I want you to... Just check out Trace McSorley's tape when you get a chance and tell me he's not a Pat Shermer caliber quarterback. Uh, you must be from Penn State, Mike. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's from Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I, look, I, I actually watched McSorley a lot last year when I was watching Saquon's tape, to be quite honest with you, so I think I have a pretty decent feel for him. Uh, I think he can be a backup in the league. I don't think he's any much more than that, Mike, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, everyone thought Baker would be a backup last year. No, whoa, whoa, what? He was the first overall pick of the at draft. This time, at this time last year. Uh, not me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, uh, what's your next wrong. point? Prove them right. wrong. Uh, right? So, Jeff, I really value your opinion because I think you're more honest than the average person. Thank you. Because you've been in a locker room. Okay. And you, uh, with that said... Do you think Odell Beckham has the heart that he should, being the highest-paid wide receiver in NFL history? What, what, the heart meaning where? What kind of heart? Like on in mean playing heart? Like wants to play? Are you getting? Well, well I mean, I guess it's just what I, I I look I look at I don't know at twelve games when we needed him most. He's out, and I mean he's hurt. Okay, right. I don't I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Well then, but it just feels like there's so much left on the table. How like 77 okay. receptions on 124 targets. You think he's happy with that? No, I I don't. But well, like, there you the go. They time, answered your like, own question. He he would be out there trying to get 100 receptions if he could. I mean, he's getting 15, 16 targets a game. He would be out there. His heart is in it. It is. I mean, I'm going to add something a little bit here, real, real real quick, Mike. I'm in the locker room after every game. Okay. And right. I'll be compl- I'm being complete. Look, I've been critical of Odell when he deserves to be criticized. And but after games, and he has a big game where he catches eight balls for 130 yards, and the team loses, he's devastated. He's not happy, okay, no, joking I- around. He's mad because he wants to win. He cares. You can say a lot of things about him: immature, you know, bounds off too much into the media. It says stupid things. That's fine. Okay, great. The guy cares about football, he cares about his teammates, and he cares about winning. He does care about those things immensely, and he works his rear end off. He tries really, really hard. Can I tell you one thing okay, real no, quickly? Just real quick on, on that. That's a huge relief. But here's the other thing, too. You want, I want you to understand this. 
you know who Odell is and the way he talks to the media and the, some some he he voices his opinions on his success, right? I want to be great. Now, can you be all of that without ever winning? You can't be that type of player without winning. So it has to come. So if you're gonna if you're gonna be want to be one of the greatest ones with all the stats and all this stuff, but you never make it and win a Super Bowl or never be a perennial pro, uh, pro bowler and and by the way playoff guy, none of those things are gonna happen if you don't have the heart to win. He's got it. And he, look, and, and he's not pulling Randy Mosses where he's giving up on plays and he's not blocking guys. You see him blocking down the field for yeah. Saquon Barkley. If he didn't care about winning, why is he blocking people down the field on runs? He does some stupid stuff. Trust me, he does. But I'll tell you what, the guy the guy plays football He when he's on the field. He really does. All right, so what else you got, Mike? Sorry. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Appreciate the call, Good. Mike. Well, I'm glad we set that. Yeah, don't be a stranger. It you feel better. Because, I mean, and the other thing that he said, I'm not in the locker room. Yeah, you're not in the locker room, and a lot of people aren't in the locker room, but the guys that are in the locker room, the 52 other guys, you're not, maybe not all of them might like Odell, but most of them do. Is what I mean by they don't like him. Like maybe they just don't like some of the things he does, but everybody likes the way he plays. I can tell you that. And when you're in the locker room, 52 guys are never all going to like the same no, guy. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not, but on I, the I'm field. I'm sure you find some people that didn't like Jeff Fields back in the of day. Of course the they did. But they liked the way I played. Okay, exactly. Absolutely. Right. And I, by the way, I was one of those true storm guys on set week 17 when it didn't matter. I'm saying I'm, I want to play. I would want to play. Absolutely. Well, you don't want your consecutive game streak to be played. That would be too. <laughs> Just play me one game. Just play me one play. <laughs> that's right. That's good. Good point. Is this Jared in Vermouth or Vermouth. Vermont? Vermont, Dave, Dave Dominic. It's Vermont, I'm assuming. Hello, Jared. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, first time caller. I've been listening to you guys uh, well, last few seasons, at least, pretty yeah. diligently. So, well, uh, thank you for being for part of the me. show. I just, you know, appreciate the job you guys do. Thank you. Sure. Us. We bleed blue over here. Appreciate so. it. Um, the first point I wanted to make, um, touching back on um, Sterling, guys are talking about Sterling Shepard, um, one point I want to make is that, you know, our guys haven't really played with a good O-line since they've gotten here when we talk about um, Ingram and, and Shepard and even even Odell. You know, these guys want time to open, and it's like, yeah, they know what we're going to do when Odell's out. We're trying to throw slants, you know. Well, I don't think that was the case last week, though, Jared, was it? I'm sorry? I don't think that was the case last week. The The passing game worked really well last week without Odell, no? Right, right. No, I agree. I agree. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that Shepard is a good receiver. You know, I'm on, I'm on his side. That. Yeah. Oh, I got you. I, I got think. You. Um, sorry, somebody's trying to call me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what happens is that these guys, when Odell goes out of the game, they understand that they're going to get targeted a little bit more, well, and they're also going to get more attention from the defense. And exactly. And so, you know, you look at Sterling Shepard's career here. He's been a pretty good player. Yeah, he had a little bit of a downfall a little bit during the season. Like and he was banged five. up last year, too, with that ankle that kept coming it's up. He's a tough guy. And he's, you know, I think that he's, he'll make some plays. He'll make more plays than he does not make plays. And he's a tough dude. I think he's, he, he goes out there. So, he, you know, I, I think he is I think a good— I think we lost Jared there. Yep, there's Mr. Dalton. I think that when you talk about Sterling Shepard, he is a solid number two receiver. He really yeah, is. he is. And he's look, solid. He, he's not a one, and no, that's fine. He's not a three. No, he's a he's is he a three on the Falcons? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> okay. have, they have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, okay, ninety percent of the twos in this league would be a three on the Falcons. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and go through all the teams, but trust me, he'd be the second best wide receiver on two thirds of the teams, maybe. What about the Saints? Yeah, I'm Ted Ginn. Guess, yeah. I mean, he doesn't get you excited. The Panthers. I mean. What about the Patriots? Did, would you rather have Deshaun Jackson or Sterling Shepard? Patriots. That's a good point. Who's the second wide receiver on the Dolphins? The, the, he'd be the number one receiver on the Bills. Yeah. He'd be the number one receiver on the Ravens. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a I big mean, drop off between two and three with Sterling Shepard. Yeah, I mean, the, the call before mentioned the Steelers, who have maybe the best <laughs> pair of wide receivers in the league, and Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. And they have one, uh, the Washington kid that's a rookie this year is going to be pretty good, too. And he, and he actually mentioned the Chargers. I mean... What? Okay. Tyrell Williams? Mm. Eh. I mean, he's got you excited. Mike Mike Williams has been very on and off in his second year. How do you like the Chargers this year? I I was disappointed with how they played against the um They do that though. They played some of those games. What they what the Steelers they lost to, right? Yeah. They, be, they but they did beat the Chiefs the week before. Mm-hmm. 
I think they're going to be good. Yeah, I think they're very dangerous. I think the AFC, I don't buy the Ravens still, and I know I'll, I'll probably say that as they win the AFC championship. <laughs> I just don't, you know, the whole running quarterback thing, it doesn't do it for me. Um, I don't think it's a sustainable deal. I think eventually you're going to have to throw it. Uh, their defense is legit, though. I mean, see, don't get me wrong. The their, their defense is really good. That's, it's not the problem. That's the team. That's that's where they're at. Right. And, you know, I don't think that um, that they can go with that whole running quarterback yeah. thing for few further years to come. I think right yeah. now it's so new. Right. It's like RG3's rookie year. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Good point. That's what exactly. it is. And then what happened to RG3 in year number two? Or the end of was the end of year one, right? When he when he popped his knee, if I'm not mistaken, I he think he didn't even he's make it through than his RG3, first three, though. Um, I think they're pretty close. I mean, RG three was really good that rookie year, but I mean, look, Lamar Jackson is he's a very talented player. No one, no one will take that away from him. All right, let's go to Scott in New Mexico on line two. He's up next, Scotty. Scotty. Good afternoon, guys. And Hi. Again, happy New Year. Yeah, you, you too. too. Uh, my question is about Dave Gettleman. Sure. Uh, he's going to have to make a number of decisions coming up for the following year. Yes. In his tenure in Carolina, he produced three playoff teams in the first three years. And recognizing the teams are different, this team has made, uh, I think, pretty good strides this year uh, so far. But do you think, without speaking for him, uh, that he has a timetable in his head in regards to where he expects the Giants to be, say, next year and then the year after that, or does he expect to produce a winner? Because he did that in Carolina, and albeit they were different, they are different teams and different players. But I was wondering if there's a uh, sort of a clock in his head that says, I want to produce a competitive team, say, in the next two years. Knowing or Dave Gettleman, longer than that. Scott, knowing Dave Gettleman, he'll never say to himself consciously, I don't expect the team I put out on the field to win. Uh, he's, right. he's just not going to say that. Now, again, if you take some of Jeff Fiegel's trusty truth serum and you stick it into his neck, you know, <laughs> maybe, okay. maybe, maybe maybe he gives a different answer. Um, look, they went from three wins to either five or maybe six this year, depending if the Giants, you know, beat Dallas on Sunday. With 80% of the roster turned over. Yeah, is it unreasonable right. to think that they could get to, to nine next year and challenge for a wild quarter division? I don't think it's outlandish. Is it? more than 50% likely, you know, maybe not, but that doesn't look football. Weird things happen. Okay. Teams come right. out of nowhere. So uh, I think Scott, Dave Gettleman has every, uh, every intention of putting a team that he believes can make a playoff run on the field next year. I also believe that Dave Gettleman has now got an idea that when he showed up here, what did he say? We got to run the football. Well, they didn't run the football very well. The first half of the season. Well, in fact, Jeff, they really only have like a four or five game stretch where they've done it. I mean, and the so, last two games, they haven't run it either. But they have they have seen the improvement out of the offensive line. Yes. That's what he wanted to see early on, but he didn't. So I think he's got a little bit of a good taste in his mouth going forward there, knowing that you can imp- still improve there. Yeah, you got you to talk about right tackle. Okay, you, you got to talk about center. I think you found your right guard. I think you did, if you can sign him. Um, and then defensively, you know, I think he had a lot of – I think that this, this defense was – a little bit, in my opinion, did a little bit less than I thought they would. I thought they would do a little bit right. more. However, I still think that the draft coming up is, can yield you some really good players going forward in this defense. I really do. So. Okay, my, uh, this is more a question for you, Jeff. Are there telltale signs when you know you have a sort of a uh, playoff team uh, that's not – revealed necessarily yes. in the play uh, in other words uh, not only the locker room but uh, uh, like the defense is making stands on fourth and yes. one and so forth and so yes. on do you know do you do, do players recognize that they have uh, something there at that point or what are there signs beyond just the obvious that says yes we have a competitive team i'm just curious from a player's perspective there, Good question. there are there are definitely signs and you know what they are when you start winning close games and you start to stack them you know you have one win two wins three wins four in a row you lose one but you come back and i think that showing the confidence you have the confidence on the team and all of a sudden that confidence is carrying over into practices your practices are really good and that's kind of when it all starts to mold through when you when you're a team like the giants who who have, have lost a lot of games in the fourth quarter this is about the maturation process when you start to win those games that's when the team starts to believe in themselves and each other, and the team starts to cohesively get better and better. And that's when you can – that's probably a little bit of the momentum I was trying to carry forward to the next season was to look back on it on all the games we should have won in the fourth quarter, guys. 
let's right. let's correct that. And if we can win those, we can get to the nine games. I don't see there's any problems that the Giants can get to nine wins next season. Scott, we got to run, okay. pal. Yes, okay. thank you, Scott. Thank you, bud. All right, let, let's go on to Mike in Virginia. I'll make sure I get our three final calls in before we get to 130. Mike, what's up? Hey, how y'all doing today, man? Happy Good. Holidays. Hey, you, you too. You too, Mike. Um, I just really wanted to talk a little bit about um with the quarterback situation. I listen all the time. Uh, called in uh, probably a handful. Um, and it, it's something that it, it always seems like everybody wants to. They they want to go at Eli so much sure. and not give this man his credit. <laughs> and it's to the point where it, it, it's kind of just disgusting, man. Because they it's like they don't remember the years of Eli just back there getting sandwiched in sacks by, uh, who was it, uh, Jared Allen, pushed Will Beatty back into Eli and sandwiched him in back. <laughs> yeah, I remember that play. He actually, actually reached around and Beatty like, and grabbed him. Yep. Yeah. And, and um, that. Viking. Charlie. That, that's Charlie's man. That's Charlie's <laughs> man. Keep, keep bringing back Will Beatty. Yeah. And it's like, you don't remember this stuff, but this man comes to work every day, doesn't throw anybody under the bus, and gives it all. And look what happens when they finally get some sort of line working, give him a good run game. He can put up numbers. Yes, he's getting older. And, you know, you can't beat father time. I get that. But give the man a chance with a good line. That's all. Now, yep. if we get a good line, solid line, and he's making, you know, the errant throws, the inaccuracies, then you know what? You can, you can say what you want. But without that, no quarterback would be successful. Everybody's a, you know what, Let's, we need a mobile quarterback, somebody like an Aaron Rodgers. Hey, man, I got news for you. Everybody wants an Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so absolutely let's right. just be real about it. Well, if you, you want to be real about it, if you want to be, that, that was really it. If you want to be but real I, about it, appreciate it, Mike. Good stuff. Good call. Mike, the real thing about this, find someone better. Yeah. Then you go for it. Or you find someone young that you think is your future. There you go. That's it. Okay. And if, if you can't do those two things, don't make a change for the sake of making a change. Now, uh, I'll throw out real quick. You know, Gary Myers, and I want to get your take on this, but I know where I stand. Gary Myers wrote his article for the, I think it was The Athletic the other day, pivoting to Nick Foles would be a good idea. Kind of get your thoughts on that. And Nick Foles, by the way, has like a $20 million option that I don't believe the Eagles will pick up. Oh, he's year. certainly younger. Yeah, he's 29. Um, Super Bowl MVP. He's proved in the last year and a half, maybe almost two years, that he can play and win some games. Yeah. But how, also good a, how good of a quarterback was Nick Foles before last year? Well, and, and can he bring Lane Johnson and Jason Peters and, mm. and, and Kelsey with him? I mean, the guy can play football, but is he going to be – I, I mean – I mean, did you see him play the first couple games this year before Carson Wentz came back? Is he a mobile quarterback? Did you see him play the last few regular season games last year before he went on his playoff run? What does everybody want? They want the mobile quarterback, John. Yeah, remember? He, and it, that 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 ain't Nick Foles. <laughs> no, no. I mean he's athletic. No, he's All fine. quarterbacks are athletic. He's fine. Eli's athletic. Listen, you're not playing in the National Football League at the quarterback position if you're not athletic. I'm telling you right now. Even at 37 years old. And these guys are coming at you. You still got a little athleticism in you, my friend. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of that. Uh, uh, to me, the veteran market's very thin. Uh, the guy I've mentioned before, who the only guy I would have any interest in as a pending free agent is uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But I don't think the Saints are going to want to let him go. Okay, so let's so, go back to Nick Foles for a second. So yeah. if you're going to if this go on that thing, so the Nick Foles, so what's that going to be? Three years down the road, you're going to start doing this again? I mean, five. I mean, when he's only by the time he theoretically will put a 35, 36, right? I, I gotta believe he was. Remember, this is a guy that also thought about retiring two years ago. No question, and that's what I say. I gotta believe that it does that does he want to? I don't know how long he wants to play football. I mean, he's getting. He's gonna. I don't know. Is somebody gonna give him a five-year contract next year? I don't think so. I really don't. Yeah, let's go to Gavin in South Florida. He's the next. Gavin, what's going Hi, on? Hi, Gavin. Pal? What's up, guys? How are you? What's Good. up, buddy? What's going on? How's everything doing up there? Uh, cold, it's cold rainy. and rainy today. Actually, it's not too yeah, cold. It's just rainy. Jeff knows it's beautiful outside here in sunny South Florida. So. Yeah, it always is. Woo! To hell with you, Gavin. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I was calling uh, just to address what the last caller said. Yeah. Just to just to be clear, Nick Foles has who in front of him? That's what we're saying. That's what John was telling me. You got yeah, Lane Johnson. Yeah. Who else? Jason Peters. Jason Peters. Jason Kelsey. A, a Jason Pro Kelsey. Bowlers, I believe. Yeah, three Kelsey. actually. Yeah. Three. Yeah. There's three Pro Bowlers. Okay. 
Okay. All right. I mean, look, Nick Foles is whatever he is, but he's not, you know, he's not like, you know, Joe Montana back there. He's yeah, just another guy. Look, I think he's good. I think he's as good as Eli is today. Mm-hmm. And Eli is nine years older. Yeah, so, I, 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 mean, I, I would say they're generally in the same tier. Um, but it, it honestly, gun to my head, like if you're telling me I need to win a big game, which one of those do you guys want on the field for me behind a good line? I'm picking Eli, and I'm not hesitating yeah, about got, it either. Behind a good line, that's the caveat. you got to have a good yeah, line. Exactly, and how long does that take to build? Jeff would, could speak to that a little bit better. Doesn't it take a couple of years to build a good line? With yeah. My God, yeah. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so we have a 38, well, soon-to-be 38-year-old quarterback who's going to be on his last year of his contract this coming year. You have a draft class of quarterbacks that's so-so, or, you know, I'm not, listen, I'm no draft expert, I mean, or quarterback expert for, for that matter. They there, could be good, they could be bad, whatever. There's not a you good know, I think amount Schoen, of people this year. Not right, There's not right. enough to be, get you excited about anything. It's a weak class. Yeah. Right, it's a weak, weaker class. Fine. Okay. That being said, I mean, we have to come up with a plan. We do not have a plan in place. Currently, we just have a 38-year-old aging quarterback, a third or fourth round pick as our as our second backup, not even our backup, Alex Tanny, who's you know doesn't get any playing time. So we need to come up with a cohesive response to you know going forward. At the moment, absolutely, we don't have one. Sure. So I believe, and, and, and in my opinion, and I was not somebody who wanted to bring Eli back this year at all. But you got to bring him back again, I think, for 19 and draft somebody. Period. And I mean, we're going to have a top 10 pick. So we got to make a, a play on somebody, either Haskins or we got to make a play on uh, the, the other kid out of uh, West Virginia. Well, I would say this. I, I don't want to draft somebody for the sake of drafting them. And I don't, again, I haven't watched Haskins yet, so I don't have an opinion on him. And I know for a fact that a lot of the decision makers here haven't done, you know, a ton of work on Haskins yet either. He hasn't even declared yet. Um, so once they determine if they like him or not, they'll make that decision. I will not advocate drafting a quarterback unless you believe in him. If they think Haskins can be the guy, by all means, do what it takes to get him. I'm all for that 100%. But if they don't, next year's class is going to have Tua. It's going to have Herbert, who I think a lot of people like around the league and and, and in the NFL. And you could even have the Fromm kid out of Georgia. So next year's class is going to be even better. So I wouldn't draft. One thing I would add, though, yes. I think I would add, though, I mean, I get Haskins is probably the best, but. Will Greer, and I'm not a big fan of his. I mean, I watched him play at Florida a little bit, and then I haven't really caught up with him in West Virginia. All I know is I read one stat, and this one stat speaks loud as everything. 22 touchdowns, zero picks under blitz pressure. That, that, That's that, all you need to know about the guy, that, I think. That is, a, that is a good number. I know a lot of people I know like Drew Locke yeah. better than him. Uh, they think he has better physical tools. Again, I have not watched these guys, so I can't give an opinion on them, but those to me are early second-round players, and I've talked about this with sure. Jeff before. Guys that you pick in the second, third, and fourth rounds, the percentages just aren't with you. I mean, we, we, we went right. through it on last Friday's show. Of the 32 NFL teams, 25 have quarterbacks picked in the first round and about 20 in the top 10. So that's right. where you generally right. find your quarterbacks. And you might be able to yeah, find that next year, not I, this year. I would say, I would say one other thing. We're going to have an early second-round pick. What's, how hard is it to trade back into the first? You know, trading up with a, a team like Kansas City, New England, whatever, they're going to be there at the end, you know, with a 28, 29, 30 pick. Yeah, the problem. So kind of like a Lamar Jackson move yeah. where, you know, you come in and you pick them up. And to be honest with you, I think these guys are better than what Lamar Jackson is as a thrower today. Maybe. You could be right. The only problem is that you don't have a third-round pick this year either because you use that in the Feel. uh in the in the, in the supplemental draft. No, only one, only one. No, they only got a okay. they, they they have a bunch of extra day three picks in the fourth, fifth, okay. sixth, and seventh round. So they could try to package those, but you know generally those picks don't have a ton of value. I appreciate the okay. call, man. Good stuff, Gavin. All right, be well. Excellent. You, good stuff. Good information. Good call. And you know he, he's right. You do need a succession plan, whatever that's going to be. And I'm sure they, upstairs they're not going to broadcast that succession plan publicly. I'm sure they do have one. They they certainly do, or they're working on one. Um, you know, April's not far away when this draft starts to come around. So there's lot, lots that's going to happen between now and then. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, depending on where – if you're in the top five, you said that the Giants could be, um, you got to – I don't – there's not a quarterback, and we haven't really gone after him that much to, to get in to know it, but just from looking at college football this year and and getting excited about anything, I'm, I'd be more excited about one of these pass rushers or or, yeah. or an offensive lineman than I would about any of these quarterbacks. Yeah, pass rushers point. especially. We had Tony Pauline. We interviewed him today. He's going to be on the pregame show on Sunday. 
as a recorded interview you heard during the show when you guys were at MetLife Central. And he basically said that as excited as people were about the quarterbacks last year, that's what this year is for defensive linemen and pass rushers, but you can times it by 10. That's how many big-time defensive linemen are in this wow. draft class. And, boy, if you watch the Giants this year, what's one thing you know that they need? They need they a pass rusher. They need a pass rusher. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think when all said and done, that's probably where they're going to end up going, unless they like either Little or uh, Jonah Williams, the two offensive tackles that could be in the first round of this draft in the top 15. That is, what are you pointing the, at, Jeff? I'm well, just something what you just said. What does the Giants need in the defense? Well, they're tied for 30th in, in sacks yeah. in the National Football League. It's not good. Final call go. of the show for the final time this year. Wow. I got a bad feeling about this. Oh, this is, I got a bad feeling about this, too. Mr. Illness. He wasn't right in the hat. Enough jokes. I am happy. You're a madman. And you know, Charlie, I'm not happy with you because now whenever a player is out with an illness, Tim Hardaway Jr. missed a game for the Knicks last night. All I think about is you, and it's it's a, it's, it's a real problem. Hey, I just want to set the record straight about Mr. Will Beatty. Oh God, Jared Allen. Jared Allen was offsides on that. Ah, they never you. called it. Captain <laughs> excuses, Charlie from Portland, Maine. Happy uh, New Year, Charlie. Merry Christmas. How are you, buddy? Yep. yep. Hey guys. Hey, look. I, I, I. What we need, we got playmakers on the offense. You got Odell, you got, you know, Barkley. Yes. We yes. don't have that playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. That can can stop a drive, that can yes. change a drive. Yes. That's why we've been losing games. Yes. And that's what we need. Yes. We need so if it's a if it's a pass rusher, yes. then that's who we need. Yes. If it's a, a free safety that can actually, you know, tackle and, and intercept balls, that's what we need. Uh, we two. need at least mm -hmm. one or two playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. You're gonna get one of them. I'm telling you, it's coming. That's my opinion. Yeah. You're gonna get yeah. one this year in the first round. That's what I'm saying. It's gonna be a and heck of other, a pass rusher. Yeah. We got it. We have to. And the other thing. I have a Sean Garrett from Michigan, man. Whew. Local boy. Yeah. Uh, I, there was a, a post, I don't know who it was, but somebody was saying that their Giants, I don't know if this is true, are actually looking at Ingram as a wide receiver, and that's what they might go with next year, treating him as a wide receiver. Where was that, Charlie? What, what football genius put that up on the Internet? I don't remember who it was, but it, that's been my opinion for the last two years. Ah, okay. Is that yeah. he is a wide receiver, right. and I think, if, and if I think you, if you bring in Plaxico to work with him in the, over the you know off season and let teach him like what he did. Charlie, like I, out. I want you to hold on for one second. I'm going to ask Jeff yeah. Eagles a question because he played with Plaxico sure. Burris. No one knows him better. Jeff loves him as a wide receiver. Jeff, compare. Ingram as an athlete that can separate against cornerbacks, Plexico versus Evan Ingram? Well, there's not much difference, in my opinion. You don't think Burris was a lot faster? Burris? Yeah. Oh, on the outside? Yeah, that's the point. He thinks Ingram could be Burris as a receiver. My point is I that actually, I, he's I, not nearly I, as quick as he is. I, I, don't, I think with some work, I think there's some merit to this conversation. But Thank you, Jeff. I, uh. but, I, but no, listen to me. <laughs> I think there is some merit to it, but... I, I don't want it to happen because I feel like you need him as a tight end because of what John said earlier about matchups against safeties and linebackers. Once we put him outside, he's now on cornerbacks where those guys are pretty good. Linebackers yeah, and safeties can, are not good cover guys. But right? you can use them in the slot. Well, they can use them in the slot now. They use them in the slot now. They do use them in the slot now. So yeah. I get it. They'll have to maybe have to lose a little bit of weight to be maybe 225 and be six foot four. What is he, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, yeah, right now he's yeah. around 6'3", 240. He'd have to drive, get down to about 200. Look, if, if he dropped 25 pounds, then yeah, sure, he could do it. But is that what you want him to do? I, I think he's a wide receiver. All I don't right. think he's a tight end. And I think some people are starting to see that maybe that is that's the case with him. Yeah. And I think he could be our third wide receiver or even our second wide receiver. Charlie, do you really Beckham. think do you really think that his blocking has cost this team a lot of games this year? I mean seriously. Uh maybe his lack of blocking might have <laughs> might have. <laughs> no, you know? come on. They're not they're not going on the field going, man, a good thing that we I hope I hope Ingram blocks well today because if he doesn't we're going to lose the game. But I, like I said, I'd bring Plaxico in to work with him. Right, and, well. and, 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 you know, he's catching the ball now. He's not dropping passes. So I just Plaxico think he's a wide was pretty receiver. smooth. Pretty smooth off the ball. I mean, he, he's. 
Yeah. We'll we can see. always pick up another tight end in the draft. You know, we can get a probably good tight end. So oh, Charlie. Well, Charlie, first of all, tight ends take two or three years to develop. They're one of the slowest developing positions in the league. It's a hard position. Not, especially not a, blocking. Well, he's not a blocking. They have Scott Simonson and Red Ellison. How many blockers do you want on the damn team? <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're worried about that, I'm saying you can pick up another tight end. I'm not worried about that. No, tight I end. want a matchup issue with tight end. That's why I want Evan Ingram a tight end. I want someone that's a matchup problem that can go down the seam, that can run past a linebacker, that can beat a safety. That's why I want Evan Ingram a tight end. Charlie, let me ask works, you a question. If he works like Plaxico and works with him, he can beat. He can beat cornerbacks because he can outbody them, and he's fast as any cornerback. You need separation in this league, Charlie. You need separation. He's not going to separate against cornerbacks. Charlie, who do you want well, in the first draft? Who do you want in the first round this year with the Giants? Come on, uh, quickly. I want, I, want, I want a playmaker, so it's probably going to be a defensive end. Yeah. Or if there's an incredible left tackle sitting there, then, but I'd rather get that in the uh, free agency period. I'd rather get a... Uh, proven tackle and free agency, and I would go for the pass rusher. What are your big New Year's Eve plans, Charlie? What do you got? Well, New Year's Eve? Yeah, that's January 1st. <laughs> December 31st is New Year's Eve. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I'm, I, we're not sure yet. We might go out, we might go out or we might just uh, hang out at home and, uh, you know, just uh, have our own little party, or we might go out. We haven't decided yet. So, sounds like a thrilling plan, Charlie. Sure. Have fun, buddy. <laughs> Long and thought out of. So perfect. Ha- happy New Year, pal. You'll be good, okay? Okay, guys. Be good, Charlie. Guys too. Stay safe. Merry hey, New Year. you too. Everyone stay safe on New Year's. He's absolutely mm-hmm. right. Merry New Year. Everyone be careful. If you do indulge, drink responsibly, of course. We want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing giant prizes throughout the season. Enjoy Coors Light when you celebrate your New Year's Eve. Uh, Jeff, appreciate it. Good yep. times. We'll see you on Sunday for Coors Light Giants game day on WFAN at 11.30. We'll also be live at the MetLife stage at MetLife Stadium before Giants and Cowboys beginning at 11.30. You'll hear from Eli Manning and B.J. Hill in the pregame show, as well as myself, Jeff Lance Meadow, and the great Paul Dotino. And you hear from Bob Pop and Carl Banks as well. Then the game follows on WFAN, and we have the postgame and all that good stuff. So everybody have a great weekend. We will be back here on Monday on New Year's Eve. We will have a show. Mm -hmm. We do not have a show on New Year's Day. And then we'll be back on Wednesday the rest of the week. And then starting, I believe it's January 7th, Dave. Does that sound right? The Monday, January 7th, we're going to go back to noon. Get back to the lunch hour. So we'll give you a heads up on that um, moving forward on Big Blue Kickoff Live. For Fiegels, I'm Schmelk. Adios. Have a good good weekend. See you next time, everybody.